Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. One day a week I have to put up with this guy, and for what? Oh well, at least I can sleep through it. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from the Smokefield Recording Studio, built here at my home office. And uh, this week, we got a big show. Big pack show full of uh, pipe parts. We have a new Ask the Pipe Maker with Jeff Grasick. And then my guest is uh, Jonathan Lavezzo, who many of you may remember from Moonshine Pipes. Well, he's back and uh, doing pipes again and uh, has a whole new brand. And anyway, we get to talk to him and get caught up with him. So a lot going on as we get into the fall season here, full fall season here in uh, North Carolina. And that means um, raking and blowing leaves for me. Uh, lots of time outside with my pipe and, uh, and a leaf blower and a rake. <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to get the show rolling, so everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. We are back with another edition of Ask the Pipe Maker with the forenamed pipe maker, Jeffrey Allen Burt Grasick of J. Allen Pipes. Jeff, welcome back. Ready for a tough question? Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me back, Brian. Yeah. Well, you're the only pipe maker willing to do this. So, um, Pastor Joda <laughs> writes, I was recently privy to a conversation between a pipe maker from another country and some American pipe makers. The foreign pipe maker was challenging the quality of the American makers because their draft holes enter the bottom of the bowl from the side. According to him, in his country, it is only allowed that the draft hole is in the dead center of the bottom of the bowl. Uh, I personally have never smoked a pipe with the draft hole in that location, but I don't have a very large collection and none of them are made by artisans. What is the difference in these locations to the smoking experience, pros, cons? Uh, I'd also be curious of the manufacturing challenges it presents and if there may be actual standards that vary in different countries. Thanks for the great show. And now, Jeff, you answer that because I've never wow. made a pipe. Yeah. I, I mean, I have witnessed, I've seen pipes that are made this way. But uh, first of all, let's just address, I didn't realize that there were uh, national standards for pipe construction. This is news to me. Um, and I'm curious to, to learn a little bit uh, more about this uh, this regulatory infrastructure they have at the <laughs> in this country. It's a very small um, division of the UN. I guess, I guess. Yeah, well, I, I guess I need to check into that to see what the standards are for uh, not only the United States, but California especially. Maybe my pipes need to be entirely made out of glass. Who knows? <laughs> um, so 
as to the like the the idea that the draft hole should be dead center in the bottom um many of your listeners may have owned a calabash in the past and uh especially um like actually whether it's a an, a briar bold calabash or a meerschaum bold calabash the draft hole is in dead center in the bottom of the bowl right yep. yeah so this is a similar construction to that now the advantage of that with a calabash is that the moisture that collects will gravity will pull it to the lowest point in the bowl correct Hopefully. and also you have you, you have the the uh the airflow as well that's pulling additional it's an additional force that's moving that that condensation downwards and through the hole and that condensation will drip down into the bottom of the gourd or the the carved uh, area of the calabash, and it will be spread out and will not get into the uh, the mouthpiece. How Alternatively, do you, how do you do that with a piece of wood? And then sometimes you're coming in from the side of the bowl with the draft hole. Right. So when you like, let's let's take a billiard shape for example. Essentially, what you'd need to do is drill lower than, or, or uh, you you would you would adjust your drilling so that the airway came in directly beneath the center of the the bottom of the bowl, and you'd have to leave some margin there so the bowl would the the chamber would be shorter than it would otherwise be, uh, probably by a quarter inch or more, because you need to leave sufficient material on the top of the. Uh, the, from the bottom of the chamber to the top of the airway so that it doesn't burn up. It doesn't combust because that gets kind of hot down there. And then you'd need to take a separate drill bit and drill in from the through the bowl. And now you have a hard right angle. So if you took the well, let me let me put this in stupid terms that I understand because okay. that's how I speak. If you take the draft hole and you come in and you estimate where the draft hole is. And then you right. bring the tobacco chamber down to it and you keep drilling and opening and opening until you see the draft hole. Then you stop. Uh, it doesn't quite work. I mean, you could do that, but then what you what you end up having is like a razor's edge yeah. on the side. And as the chamber gets deeper, the more the further up the side of the curved bottom of the chamber wall, that draft hole will rise because you're removing the material and essentially you'd end up with one coming in the side that, <laughs> to me, the gold standard of, of, of pipe drilling is to have the air, the bottom of the airway, um, and the bottom of the tobacco chamber equal. And that means that the, it does come that the draft hole does come out of the side of the chamber, but it's as close to the bottom of it as is, uh, geometrically possible, and, the, and then you don't have those thin little you don't have those thin little edges around the opening, right? So you've got exactly. some meat down there. You've got some meat down there, and you also have. Uh, so the the other the issue that I presented when talking about the calabash is that it was condensation, right? Right. So if it's coming in the side of the bowl, uh, let, let's just call this description the side of the bowl. You have a, a larger surface area for the condensation to collect, and less of it will find its way into the draft hole as you're smoking the pipe. But if it's dead center in the bottom, more of it will find its way in, and it'll also be drawn into the hole by gravity. So 
you've got you've also got a right angle where the two holes will meet the draft hole that you've got to drill straight down through the tobacco chamber and then the the draft hole through the shank well that right angle is not only going to cause turbulence but it will also uh, which will enhance the condensation but it also is going to be a collection point for moisture and so it will probably gargle like crazy and will be <laughs> challenging to clean because that re that's going to leave residue behind as the pipe uh, is smoked and dries and smoked and dries. Uh, those multiple smoking cycles will will leave deposits there, and that becomes increasingly difficult to get out with just a pipe cleaner. So, at the, I mean, at the same time, the real goal is you want to be able to smoke the pipe as far down as possible, right? But you don't want to also run into a muddy mess at the bottom. Yeah, uh, you know, and I'm I'm a I'm a, I'm a bad pipe smoker. I very rarely smoke all the way to the bottom of the bowl uh, mm -hmm. just because my technique or my style. Yeah. Yeah. E even with the greatest pipes that I own made by, you know, somebody named Jay Allen or, you know, somebody even better than that, you know, like a Jay, there are a, lot of those. a Jay Davis or, yeah, yeah. or, or a Jay Conowitz. In fact, there's a lot of people mm -hmm. with the Jay names. Yeah, so. A lot of J's, a lot of J's. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm happy to be in the pile, even if I'm on the bottom. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I still leave probably, uh, you know, an eighth of an inch of bowl of probably eventually maybe uh, smokable tobacco. On the bottom? Yeah. Unsmoked yeah. sitting down there. Uh, and I do that primarily because all that smoke and everything has filtered through all that stuff down there. Mm -hmm. So that it's getting more rich and more intense and it's getting more wet, but I'm, I, I'm but still how's the flavor. How's the flavor of that last like eighth of eighth to quarter of an inch to you? I stop smoking it the minute I don't like the taste of it anymore. Yeah, yeah you I, and me are the same. I throw I throw away about an eighth to a quarter inch at the bottom. I almost never smoke it down, and I'm surprised when I do. That doesn't mean they can't be smoked down to the bottom. I just don't choose to do it because I don't like to get a mouthful of ash. Yeah, and and you know what? As cheap as I am, I don't eat the uh, I don't eat the heels of the loaf of bread. You know, the 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 two little slices on the end. Oh, okay. I, I don't eat those. I sacri One of those. I sacrifice those to the gods. You know, let it let it go. <laughs> off it, off it is. It's sacrificial. Um, mm -hmm. But even when you're you know when you're smoking a cigar, you smoke that cigar until it turns bitter towards the towards the butt end, and you don't smoke all of that. So, I'm. Kind of, uh, I guess, then the really, really the only way I can really compare this is people that drink fine wines and drink, mm -hmm. you know, specialty scotches and stuff like that. They want to consume everything possible. Right. So, yeah, I, you know, if a draft hole comes in at the side, so, you know, so what? You know, what? Your, your draft holes are what, about four millimeters at the entrance yeah. to the bowl? So the bottom four mm -hmm. millimeters of the pipe is you know sacrificial lamb uh yeah and 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 depending on the profile of the tobacco chamber you know that could be uh, it's it's if it's a more like a parabolic uh tobacco chamber it's it's a lot less tobacco i mean relatively speaking than a fully round one yeah. so it's just not that much now if people want to smoke it all the way down to the bottom when you smoke it out of the side there's a you know pretty easy to learn techniques for doing so although again it's not my preferred 
way of doing it. So uh, perhaps this person's from a like a smoking a pipe smoking community that is um, participating in a lot of pipe smoking contests, right? And they're practicing because a lot of clubs do that around the world. Yeah. And for them, smoking every last grain of tobacco is critical uh, because it's part of their uh, the, the techniques for winning. But yeah. for the recreational smoker, shall we say, <laughs> the non-competitive smoker, um, yeah, I just don't know that it's that big of an issue. And given the other complications that can that drilling in directly through the bottom of the of the uh, chamber introduces, uh, for me, it's not a compromise I'm willing to make. And I, you know, it could also be that they're from a country where tobacco is exceedingly expensive and they want to make sure that they're getting full enjoyment out of everything like Australia or New Zealand, where it's, you know, 55 US dollars for a 50 gram pouch. So yeah, it could be, it could be. Yeah. Either way. I don't know. Uh, if anybody has any uh, comments on it, please let us know. Uh, we're, this is, this is interesting to me. So uh, Jeff, thank you very much. For sure. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at CND, as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell & Deal's Burley Flakes series. Wherever fine tobaccos are sold. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and visiting with another past guest. And Jonathan, it was six, almost six years ago since you were last on the show. And you were just a young buck then trying to, you know, kind of kind of the, the rebel attitude and the wild and crazy creator of uh, Moonshine Pipes. But uh, Jonathan Lavezzo, welcome back. Where have you been? Oh, man. Uh, a little older, a little fatter, a little grayer, a couple, <laughs> more kids, couple more kids in the house. But really, I've just been um, uh, dabbling with a bunch of, bunch of different things. Um, Moonshine Pipes kind of evolved into uh, my brother and I. Um, starting Moonshine Rod Company, which is a fly fishing company um, based here out of the USA, uh, and began building building fly rods. Uh, what goes what goes well with uh, pipes, pipes and fly rods? I mean, so many guys I see out on the stream always were were smoking pipes, um, <laughs> which kind of made it a natural transition for me. Um, so, so yeah, uh, Briarworks, uh, the good guys over Briarworks, uh, Pete, um, Pete Prevost and those guys, um, went ahead and took over the brand of moonshine, moonshine pipes and till this day are just rocking it, uh, have kept all, all, uh, everything absolutely made in America. Um, amazing quality stuff they're doing over there. So they basically took over for a little bit and, um, Gave me an opportunity 
to uh, kind of explore the fly fishing fly fishing world, and um, it's been a really cool journey. Um, a lot of a lot of a lot of the fly guys um, had never quite seen the type of things I was doing with wood, um, uh, specifically briar using briar as a real seat material. Which uh, the real seat is the part of the rod um, at the bottom that's the wood the turned wood part. Um, previous to that, so many people were just kind of stuck with the boring old maple and, and, um, oak and hickory and, and, uh, other, other type of woods they were using. So when I started making briar real seats, people just kind of were like, wow, wow, what's going on here? So, um, so yeah, things kind of, kind of got, got quick, fast, just like, uh, just like <laughs> pipes and, um, I'm currently now just kind of taking a break from just about everything um, and uh, trying to get back to my back to my roots of why I really started working with wood in the first place. And, um, and that includes pipes, duck calls, some custom knives, um, all types of good stuff. So. So back up for a minute for me, because yeah. my idea, yeah, I, I'm well known for my idea of fishing is going to the restaurant and ordering it off the menu. <laughs> yeah. So for those of us that don't know, fly fishing, that's that one where you stand out there in the, in the stream and you keep wiggling your stick back and forth or the rod that's back right. and forth and smacking the water with it. That's right. Um, except a lot of people are, have the... Um, the thought that when when the person is out there wiggling their stick, you're, what you're actually doing, um, the difference between a regular traditional fishing rod and a fly rod are actually completely opposite. Uh, on a regular fishing rod, you're using a weighted lure to get your bait out, whereas on a fly rod, you know, because you're literally a, a fly, uh, if you've ever seen one in a fly shop or on someone's hat, um, they are literally weightless. They're, they're extremely lightweight and usually very small hook. Um, a fly rod, <clears throat> the way you cast that is you're using a weighted line um, to actually get the very light lure out. So instead of using a weight like traditional, you're using the line uh, to get your fly out to where the fish, you know, to your target area to where the fish is going to be. Okay. Um, that's why you see people wiggling the rods back and forth. <laughs> what that is is basically trying to get the line out um, with the momentum of the of the rod. It there's so much to it as, as far as the action of the actual blank, what kind of uh, what kind of line you're using, um, and um, there's a lot to really uh, let's say geek out about uh, in the fly fishing world as far as rod weights go and and all the good stuff and uh, different flies and everything. So naturally it was kind of a, kind of a home for me because I'm kind of a geek about <laughs> all, all, all types of techie, techie type stuff. So, um, so did the, does the briar real seat, does, does that do anything special besides just look different than the other woods that were available? No, does, does absolutely nothing different, but, um, you know, as a producer of, of fly rods and, and being a big fly fisherman in the past, before, before I even got into pipes, um, I noticed that basically the selling 
the selling feature of, of, of a fly rod when you pick it up in the store is basically the butt, the whole butt section. So fly rods usually come these days, modern day fly rods are four pieces. <clears throat> um, the bottom part where the logo is, where the grip is, which is um, most of the time made out of cork mm-hmm. um, with some inlays in it, so on and so forth. And then you've got the real seat, which, you know, some come in metal, some come in wood, you know, people use graphite or um, carbon fiber now. Um, but really that's the kind of, that's the, that's your, that's your spot to really showcase the craftsmanship in that rod. Um, okay. so coming from pipes where I was working with Burl all the time, trying to get the best bird's eye to come out, um, even sandblasting and a couple other different things I was doing, um, bringing that to the fly fishing community and, uh, adding that little piece in at the bottom. Uh, like I said, it's, it's called the real seat. Um, people had never seen bird's eye and, and crazy patterns. And if you look back, man, I've done blue and green and it's all a process of, um, (laughs) stable, stabilizing the burl, uh, and injecting it with different colors of, of dye and and so on and so forth. And, uh, it kind of took a lot of people like, what is this? What's going on here? So, um, so a little more artistic and bizarre. Yeah. And, and, and another fun. thing, and another thing we did, which is very similar to moonshine pipes, you know, um, when we came out with moonshine pipes, how shit, I mean, we talked in 2014, so we we're obviously at it before then, but you know, when, when I got into pipes, it seemed like, you know, there weren't any brands that were kind of bigger brands that really, let's say marketed towards like, let's say the younger blue collar guy who doesn't have a whole ton of money, but wants to get into pipe smoking. Um, what we were really trying to do is, you know, how do you, how do you grow a hobby? You make it affordable, you make it affordable and you do, and you make high quality items, you know, pipes, fly rods for, for people who can afford them. And you just take a little less, you just take a little less. And, um, and we've been happy to do that. And, uh, it's actually worked great and uh, gotten a lot of people to a relax, you know, and B, um, you know, really enjoy sport and get, get outdoors. So when we started moonshine rod company, Ooh, talk about a, talk about an industry that hasn't really been updated in a hundred plus years. <laughs> You've got the uh, the old the old doctors and lawyers and uh, you know you go look at fly fishing clothes and they're all made for you know your your grandpa you know? <laughs> so and uh, and 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 the designs of the rods and everything too um, so we feel like we kind of helped um, I don't want to say make fly fishing cool again but but make make fly fishing more of a young person sport where. Now I've I've got friends who tell me you know we go to fly fishing shows and 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 pipe shows it's the same thing you know you you go to fly fishing and pipe shows now ten, ten years ago you know there'd be collared shirts and and pressed pressed uh, pressed khakis and so on and so forth uh, nowadays you see a lot of bearded tattoos <laughs> <laughs> you know guys wearing flat brim hats and whatever. Um, at both, you know, fly fishing and pipe shows now. So it's, it's just really cool. I'm not saying that I, I was a huge part in any of that. I think just, uh, that's just how things work out, but I'm glad that we were a part to kind of help, help 
people kind of come out of their shell and see, hey, you know, <laughs> pipe smoking is cool. You know, pipe smoking has so many, so many um, positives, you know, and uh, for, for re- relaxation and in this crazy world. And so does fly fishing, you know. So, um, so you got these, do, you go got, you got these young people to come out of the woodwork and into the water. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. So, um, so yeah, what I'm, what I'm doing now is, is really just, uh, coming, I guess you could say full circle, you know, started off with the pipe and well, actually started off with fly fishing, but wasn't building rods and got into pipes and then, um, you know, did my pipe thing, got a little, little scared about the FDA stuff, which kind of, um, um, led me to, to kind of pass that over to the great folks at Briarworks. Um, got into then obviously, you know, fly fishing, moonshine rods. We went ahead and kept the same name, uh, just because it worked and, and people loved it. And, um, and even though I'm still heavily, heavily involved in moonshine rods, um, I am kind of taking a, taking a step away and doing more of the more custom stuff these days for that. So what that's given me is an opportunity to basically build out the workshop of my dreams. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been about six weeks of wiring and getting massive UPS freight orders of machines and so on and so forth. But um, it just seems crazy sometimes that, you know, I started in a little eight by 10 shed that I built with construction remnants from doing a roofing job. And, uh, <laughs> And using secondhand tools from Harbor Freight, you know, nothing against them. You know, they work for a while until they break and you buy another one. But being able to really kind of invest into um, into some nicer stuff and uh, really take the time, um, take the time to really, really enjoy what got me in this, into, into both fly fishing and pipes in the first place. And uh, once you no longer have people beating at your door and um you know and a whole bunch of you know uh, conference calls and and product sheets and having to order everything blah 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 once you really kind of get back to the basics you kind of quiet things down a little bit i feel like i've been doing my best work and i've been a much much nicer person you can ask my wife and my family (laughs) so um (laughs) We're, we're going to let's take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk about what you're doing now with uh, cool. with pipes and, and your big, glorious brand new workshop. So, Steve, stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, Jonathan Lavezzo. And yeah, I so before we recorded this, I went back and listened to your first visit on the show six years ago, and you you talked about yeah, uh, checking uh, checking Craigslist for used equipment so that you could put together a workshop, and now you're just ordering whatever you want. 
Yeah, things have been things have been good. Yeah. Um, not gonna not gonna get into that really. Um, but um, but yeah, things things have been things have been good. But um, at the same time, you know, we've I've spent so much time. Um, it's I've 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 realized that the reason I've been successful in, in certain things is is not because so much of them I'm, I'm an amazing craftsman. I'm not. I mean, I. I Everybody has more work to do on developing their craft, but I found that it's it's truly the, the the relationships you have with people and that you've kept. I mean, there's guys now that I hadn't talked to since for years who still remembered me and were like, "Oh, Jonathan Leveza, oh, you're the moonshine guy," you know. And it's just really <laughs> cool to see because I I think back to my conversations with them, whether they were a a drunken live thing that I used to do. I mean, I would get on Facebook live and drink beer, play my banjo and, and, uh, and just talk and just hang out with people. Uh, just like, um, just like we were buddy buddies. And a lot of people remembered, <laughs> remember that kind of, kind of thing, which was really cool, but it's all about, you know, the relationships that you, that you create through, through your craft. And, um, I've just been really lucky to, to be able to keep all those, um, especially uh, Project Healing Waters. I don't know if you've heard of that. No. Uh, it's uh, Project Healing Waters is um, is a uh, organization that gets veterans who have been um, injured uh, or tra- um, suffered tra- traumatic brain injuries, uh, so on and so forth, to uh, to get into fly fishing to kind of help them help them heal and. Um, actually one of my best friends I met through that. Um, and, uh, he, <laughs> he was there for fly fishing and, uh, I'll tell you what, he's a, he's a, he's a full sworn pipe smoker now just from, <laughs> from us hanging out in the <laughs> shop and, uh, and you know, we've had him build a couple fly rods and he's getting ready to make his first pipe, but absolutely amazing human, you know, injured in Iraq, um, came back, but yeah, doing, you know, it's it's all about it's all about the relationships that you you make. And now, like you said, it's it's been what six six something years now. Um, man, I've just I've met some of the greatest people, and and a lot of them are you know pipe pipe community people. And uh, it's been absolutely amazing to be to to come back and post on Facebook and have people remember me and be like, oh yeah, hey, Moonshine Pipes. I mean, even though Briarworks has still been putting them out, it's still nice for people to remember the days and i've even had guys send me pictures of pipes that i made for them six years ago you know my some of my first <laughs> pipes <laughs> and i look at it and i'm like wow you still have that thing and i'm like yep smoke it every day and i was like damn that's awesome you know so <laughs> so what are you uh, doing and what are you doing in pipes now i am i just got a nice big lathe the lathe that i've always wanted and um i am uh, I've had a lot of help with from from Premel over at Rock Crafted, uh, mm-hmm. get me get me going. Um, he's been uh, sending me some absolutely amazing briar blocks, so I'm uh, I'm making making pipes just about every single day. Um, I uh, kind of doing some of my old styles, but kind of playing around with some new stuff. Um, like I said, when you when you don't have someone knocking on your door every day. Um, it's a lot easier to kind of relax and just let, let your creative juices flow. So yeah, I've got about, 
10 pipes made. I mean, if this was five years ago, I would have had 30 pipes made by now, mm -hmm. but I'm really taking my time on, on things. Um, I'm also um, making duck calls for <laughs> in the last couple of years. I actually got into duck and goose hunting. Um, and a lot of the guys that I was doing that with said, Hey, you know, you do this with fly rods and pipes. I bet you could make a pretty cool duck call. So I talked to Premel over at Rockcraft and he said, Hey, I got perfect blocks for you. If you want to start making duck calls, you know, out of briar. So I made one the other day and posted it and everybody was kind of like, Hey, that's, <laughs> that's really cool. So, um, I made a couple of knives here and there. Um, just kind of doing whatever the hell I making whatever the hell I want to make. And you know what, if, if it sells, it sells, if not, whatever, you know, I'm just kind of, kind of in a, in a place right now where I just want to be creative and, and, uh, make stuff for people who like it and appreciate it, you know? Um, so let, let's talk about the pipes cause that's primarily what we care about. Cause again, my idea of, yeah. my idea of fishing is, you know, red lobster. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, yeah. So these are all these are all handmaids and oh yep yep. So um, so that's another thing I wanted to, and that that's also when I when I sold when I sold Moonshine to Briarworks um, was maintaining the completely handmade in the U.S. Um, has been a huge thing that I've always supported. Um, but yeah, everything I'm doing now is all is all turned or carved by me and uh all the stems uh i'm using hand cut ebonite sem ebonite which is um you know cumberland style yeah. um i've been able to get a bunch of really cool colors and stuff um so yeah i'm hand cutting stems again i did not miss that part <laughs> i love fire but but cutting stems is kind of I don't think any pipe maker ever ever looks forward to the time when they have to, to cut the stem for the for the pipe, but uh, but yeah, doing doing a couple of different things here. Um, I've got a lot of different ideas on pipes, um, integrating some some copper um, into a couple of things, and just kind of sticking to the classics. I've always really loved classics. Um, you know, the devil ants, I'm, everybody remembers the moonshine devil ants because we yeah. kind of blew that out of the water uh, back in the day. And um, that was our best selling pipe. But, um, you know, the devil ants and pokers and Dublins and billiards. And it was funny, I, my wife was looking over my pipes the other day because I have them all kind of laid out and um, just waiting on the day when I'll actually sell any of them. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And she looks at one and she's like, man, this one looks crazy. Like it was hard to do. And it's a bent egg shape. And, you know, and I actually told her, and then she picked up one, she picked up a simple billiard that I had made, just a simple straight shank billiard. And she said, so would you sell this one for as much as you sell this one, the, the bent egg for? And I said, believe it or not, that billiard was harder to make than that bent egg. She's like, why? And I was like, because if you look at those lines. You know, like uh, <laughs> making making pipes is basically taking away material until you have a shape. You take away more material until you have the shape that you want. And um, a lot of shapes these days can be kind of, what is the word? Um, you know, just from, from someone's own mind. And, yeah, if it looks cool, then people love it. Yeah. Just like the blowfish or, you know, there's a lot of different shapes. 
but the classics, um, classics, you know, you, <laughs> you can't, you can't mess up a billiard. If you mess up a billiard, it's very, 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 very apparent that, that you didn't know how to do it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. When you, so, when you got the artistic freedom to do whatever you want, well, nobody's seen that before, but exactly. when you, when you got to nail a billiard, good luck. Cause we've all seen hundreds of them. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, the old, the old Dunhill billiard, I mean, it's, it's been replicated thousands of times, but honestly, it's, it's really the, the classics that I really, really enjoy making and then kind of putting my own little twist on them too. I like fat shank pipes. I like, uh, you know, I like doing doing chubby versions or pocket versions of um, of Dublins. Um, I still love making a little devil ants, a little pocket <laughs> poker, um, stuff like that. So that's that's what people will see once uh, once uh, Prohibition is the name. Um, and you can go ahead and ask me why I called it Prohibition, if you would like. Uh, uh, gee, I, Jonathan, tell me why did you call it Prohibition? <laughs> So I kind of look at myself like everything's kind of circled back and I feel <laughs> kind of like I'm, I'm back and just reflecting on the past. Um, what, let me ask you, what, what started people having to make moonshine and go beyond the law to get a good drink? Well, let's see. I'm guessing it was uh, prohibition. There you go. So, yeah. Prohibition is, I guess you could say, what kind of started it all. Um, so that's why I decided to call it Prohibition. And based on the world these days, I've just seen so much about <laughs> being people being prohibited from doing things. And it's, I won't get into the politics of the whole thing we're in right now because I just, <laughs> I don't yeah. think either of us have time. No, this but, is a happy show. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but just in a world where everything's kind of been uh, locked down for a while, you know, I feel like uh, feel like it kind of made made sense. But but really, it's um, it's uh, it's all about kind of getting back to the basics um, to work to to what started what started uh, moonshine and all that all that good stuff. So so let me let's back up a minute here because you yeah I. You were with with the old Moonshine Company. You were making, you know, you were you weren't making. Those were all kind of processed. You had you had different levels. You had some processed pipes, and then you had some handmaids, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So um, everything that was done at Briarworks, uh, those were kind of designs that Pete and I took. Kind of, uh, you know, Pete Prevost over there, fantastic gentleman. Um, him and I. Um, took a couple of days down there in Nashville at the, actually at their old factory and uh, took some of my designs and um, kind of put a little tweak on them. And um, I had all those um, manufactured there um, in, at Briarworks. And uh, they came up with a lot of cool ideas, like putting the white lightning bolt on the side of the pipe and everything <laughs> like that. And then while I was doing that, uh, you know, we kind of had a steady stream coming from, from Briarworks. I was also doing all my handmade pipes as well. Um, still doing, uh, you know, lots of, lots of handmaids, um, and po posting those on our site when they were available. Um, so, so yeah. So how long had it been since you made a handmade pipe? I had actually kept, <laughs> 
I had kept kind of tinkering with it um, even three or four years into uh, Moonshine Rods. Um, I made uh, I made a couple, but and, I, and I've always had a lathe here that I was able to make pipes with too. <clears throat> um, so I I've made some for friends. I've made a few for myself. Um, so it's I'm, not like made, it, it's not like you went completely cold turkey and then four years yeah, later had to yeah, go in there and go. Um, what do I do? <laughs> I will I will say though, when you're not making them for good friends and when you know that your work is going to be kind of looked at closely, seeing as how it's been probably about four years since I've it's been about four years since I've made a pipe available to the public to purchase. Um, you know, there's been a lot more. I'd say shake off the shake off the rust and dust. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rust and a lot of dust. Um, that I've been uh, really looking closely at, at everything to make sure, um, make sure I'm doing the, doing it absolutely the best I can. Um, when you're making something for a buddy and they say, "Oh, I want you to carve a, my U.S. Marine Corps logo on the side," and you're like, "Ah, oh, well, I can laser engrave or whatever." I mean, you know. You just got buddies that, <laughs> yeah. that you're making stuff for, but it all changes when you uh, you post that picture online and you've got every single critic in the pipe world looking at it and uh, <laughs> trying to find something wrong with it. So, so yeah. So there there has been some rust uh, that I've had to shake off for sure, but um, but I feel like uh, feel like I'm kind of getting back in my old swing, and um, it's kind of like riding a bike or dancing with a beautiful woman it all comes back to you but and, and the the moonshine line is going to continue it's not going anywhere so don't anybody nope. get panicked or worried um when are you when and how and where are you going to start making these uh prohibition pipes available and what do you think the price is going to be yeah uh going back to moonshine real quick yeah moonshine uh, me and pete and uh, all the good folks at moonshine are uh, on a um a very good uh we have a very good relationship and they know that i'm going to be uh making pipes again so you can actually look out for pipes that will be branded moonshine that will be made by me um briarworks has started doing featuring some handmade pipes from pete um and i'll bunch of the other guys that work there uh putting out their own handmade pipes uh, as well so i may join in on that um as far as prohibition goes um i was hoping to get the site going this past week but um <laughs> I mean, but yeah you know with kids and 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 i had some trouble with equipment um so, yeah. so let, let's just let's just say you're enjoying the fact that you don't have a real heavy schedule and you really don't yeah. want to adhere to one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I've I've got about six pipes ready that I could sell right now, and I've had people ask about them and if they whatever could buy them, but I'm not I'm not ready. Um, all the way down to the bags that I'm going to be uh, selling them in. That's a really cool thing that I'm I'm doing that I haven't seen before. Um, I'm using something totally different than nobody's ever used. Um, all fish the way guts? down to, I'm sorry. Are you using fish guts? <laughs> no. Oh. Fish gut bags, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd say probably within the next week or so, maybe by the time the show airs, uh, I'll be having, I'll, I'll have some stuff available. But again, you know, um, 
duck hunting, fly fishing, pipe smoking. I mean, it all kind of goes together. So you'll, if you see uh, Prohibition Co., which is prohibitionco.us, um, I wanted to get that U.S. at the end instead of com. Um, but uh, you'll see duck calls. You'll see maybe some custom knives. You'll see a lot of pipes um, and all that good stuff. And uh, hoping, hoping next next week, week or two, uh, to be able to get that going. So, well, it's good to have you back in the business. Uh, your uh, your energy is infectious, and you know maybe you can make a kid call that uh, you know you, you blow on it and the kids come running. But um, anyway, we will uh, wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. And I listened to what you said six years ago, so now we'll see how close you are. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see if I was lying. I'll see if things have changed. There yeah. You go. Are you ready? Yeah, I am. What is your favorite pipe? Pipe shape or pipe maker? Yep. Mm, mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> okay well i'm i actually i still have my favorite pipe maker um i'm not sure if he's still really doing anything anymore but walt canoy will always be one of my favorites um just because i think he still uses an old old school wood lathe and his shapes and styles are absolutely amazing i still don't own any pipes by him um i might partake now uh, that I actually have the money to do so. Um, but as far as my favorite, uh, favorite pipe shape, and this is another reason why I like Walt Canoy, um, just a nice classic billiard, long, long, long shank billiard or, or Canadian. Um, I just think they're so classy. Even the Bing, Bing style, just, I just think they're so damn classy. And, uh, and, uh, that, that is for sure. My favorite, favorite pipe, pipe shape and pipe maker. And Walt is uh, still alive and making pipes and doing well. I saw him about a year ago down in Florida. So fantastic! Uh, and I talked to him about two or three months ago. Uh, anyway, what is your favorite tobacco? Favorite tobacco actually still is. Oh man, um, I'm gonna get so much hate for this, but oh, I can't say it. Go ahead, say it. <laughs> Captain Captain Black Royal. It's it, it's the blue one, the, the the blue the blue bag. That isn't all I smoke. Okay, I, that that is not by me by no means all I smoke. But when I'm in the garage, um, I just really I don't know. It it I had an old neighbor. Um, a lot of people might have seen the post. An old neighbor. He passed away a couple years ago, but he was a pipe smoker, and that's how him and I really became buddies he smoked one q exclusively since uh, the 50s probably made for i whenever they started making it and just the smell of that really reminded me of good times and i really kind of just love the smell of of captain black royal which i guess is pretty much the same as really one q i believe um if you but, like it it's absolutely great yeah, exactly. Yeah, the best tobacco is the one you like. It's a, you know, everyone's saying, oh, aromatics or whatever. You know what? Do what you like. If people don't like it, too damn bad. But uh, when it comes to yep. my little treat, um, the d- old dark fired is is my is my nicotine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my nicotine bomb. That's what I smoke in the morning. Is old dark fired. Um, that's a, that's a great one. And also plum pudding from the Seattle pipe club, uh, plum pudding 
is another one of my favorites. So, what's your favorite drink? Ooh, lately it's been Jameson and Diet Ginger Ale. <laughs> That sounds awfully like an Irish girl's drink, but that's fine. As long as you like it. Fine, that's fine. Yeah. Um, goes good with you your... You would have f- expected me to say moonshine, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah, well, because honestly, I don't like moonshine. I don't really like drinking moonshine anymore. To b- Believe it or not, I've got gallons of moonshine. Okay, so during this pandemic, <laughs> during this pandemic, when everyone was trying to find hand sanitizer, guess, guess what I had? Mm-hmm. Hidden, un- hidden under my house <laughs> a bunch of 120 proof <laughs> alcohol that could be made into sanitizer so actually what i've been doing is as a pipe maker you really need to have uh, alcohol you know to clean and to um uh, mix mix your dyes and so on and so forth so i've been using straight up moonshine for just about everything because you can't find it in the store so so there you go when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Uh, music. My music has gone from listening to a lot of upbeat stuff to these days in the shop. I absolutely love um, listening to old jazz piano um, and just kind of old jazz, old, old blues. Um, anything that has that kind of pop and crack in it. Uh, because it was recorded off a record, you know. I just, uh, I love love that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely music. And then finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory, maybe of recent? So that that would be um, the first pipe I made recently that I kind of quote rejected uh, because I thought that it wasn't good enough. Um, I took it on a little trip uh, two weeks ago to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, um, which is a very big fly fishing area. And um, I lit uh, I lit up some – actually, it was old dark fired because it was the morning. And I was sitting there with my cup of coffee on the um, – on the I guess it's the little – yeah, it's a little pigeon river right there, uh, which is just stock full of trout this time of year. And I stood there with my coffee and my pipe, uh, one that I had made – you know, one of the first ones that I had kept for myself in years. And uh, it just kind of made me feel good. It just kind of made me feel happy. The reason for my little trip out to Gatlinburg was because I had just finished my shop. Um, I was really, really getting going on this prohibition thing, and I felt like everything was kind of kind of where it needed to be. And for a moment, I was just kind of at peace and smoking, uh, smoking a pipe. Uh, right by the river and just watching people fly fish and just standing there and being like, you know what? Things are pretty damn good. And it just gave me a good, good reflection on, made me feel good about kind of where I'm at and, um, and where I'm going, you know? And uh, I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. And um, those moments of peace, when you really get to reflect on the last year or the last last day the last couple months you know it's been crazy for everybody so um i hope everybody else has a chance to kind of just reflect and realize yeah it's been it's been a crappy year but at the same time we are all very lucky we are all very lucky um yeah that's what i call one of those magical moments yep amen 
Jonathan Lavezo, Moonshine Pipes, uh, Moonshine Rods, Prohibition Pipes, uh, Duck Calls, and, and Knives. Thank you very much for coming back. And, you know, someday soon I look forward to seeing you again at a pipe show. Hopefully that, that sooner than later. Um, we'll see. You can't really smoke a pipe with a mask on, so I don't know about the pipe shows this year. But but, uh, but yeah. I'll, I'll be seeing you, buddy. And we'll be back in just a minute. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite, or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby. This is Internet Radio. And make sure and check out everything Jonathan's doing. And don't forget, it's uh, prohibitionco.us. All right, for music, uh, Scott Joplin. And this one's kind of an odd one, and it's a little interesting, but it's called the Stop Time Rag.
that is from the album titled Joplin Ragtimes and Waltzes, all performed by Alessandro Simonetto. You got mail. You got mail. You got mail. And remember, if you have a comment or question, you can email me directly, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com, or you can post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on Pipes Magazine. And in the uh, emails, uh, Chris emailed me. He's a recently new pipe smoker, about six months. And uh, part of his concern was he wasn't picking up all the uh, nuances and flavors. So we talked a little bit about um, about uh, mouth hygiene and maybe uh, you know brushing the tongue to get fresh layers of uh, of taste buds out. Uh, but I also reminded him, you know, look. I'm not a super taster either. I don't get all those nuances that a lot of people do. So don't worry about it. Just find tobaccos that you like and stick with them and try a whole bunch of different tobaccos. Uh, And then uh, Jim Lucan writes, uh, greatly enjoy your podcast and was particularly enlightened by this week's regarding FDA regs with Jeremy McKenna. Do you know, do these regs have anything to do with the disappearance of the cult tobaccos? They seem to have dropped off the face of the earth. Thanks again for a sometimes irreverent but always entertaining podcast, Jim. Uh, Jim, you're welcome. And uh, the answer is, uh, after doing some research and talking to some people, uh, the answer is yes. Uh, they probably most likely got caught up in the uh, cult, in the FDA deeming regs and the uh, dates and everything. So... Sorry to report that. Uh, And then Renfield writes, uh, Thanks for having Jeremy on to give us the update on Sutliff's FDA deeming regulations compliance effort. Truly refreshing amidst all the speculation out there. Uh, The FDA requiring an environmental impact statement for a packaging change seems blatantly outside the purview of the Food and Drug Administration. I smell something, but it's not pipe tobacco unless there's a blend called bovine fecal flake. (laughs) Uh, great show as always. Thanks, Renfield. You are very welcome. Yeah, bovine fecal flake. I wonder if it would be a little crunchy on the inside or outside. Uh, anyway, and uh, Dino writes, Jeremy's report and insights were very informative and clear, even though the sound quality wasn't. It's important to understand the FDA's impact from someone who actually has to deal directly with the problem. Uh, I'm a fan of the David Lee Roth era of Van Halen. However, may Eddie's memory be eternal. That was the absolute best rant ever. Thanks for another always entertaining show, Dino. <laughs> You're welcome, Dino. Uh, yeah, and apparently the... Um, uh, yeah, I I found one friend of... Uh, a fan of the Van Hagar era. So, anyway, found one. Uh, Casey Ghostwrite says, always a very entertaining show. The pipe part segment was interesting, but not of great concern to me as I have no problem with nicotine. The interview was good, but not much good news in what he said. I really expect us to get shut down before too long. I hope Sykes and the boys have some big gun lawyers behind them because they will need them. Good rant. I too prefer uh, proper use of English. My peeve is the way people use the word unique as if it's just another adjective which, when it means the one and only of something. We may as well admit we've lost that war and move on to the next battle. On the good front, I cast my 2020 ballot yesterday. The fun part was voiding my wife's vote except for one key personage that we can both agree on. (laughs) There you go. I wonder how many of us uh, have... um, 
uh, split political households. I know the only thing split here is I'm a smoker and she's not. So there you go. All right. Again, comments, questions, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com and rant time is next. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. for you two thoughts for you all right Uh, times are tough times are odd right now but two thoughts for you one there is more that unites us than divides us and two is count your blessings there are more things that connect us together than separate us and let's focus on those and you know take uh, take inventory of the things that you do have and the things that you are grateful for Uh, You know, the thing that unites us all is that we all enjoy smoking our pipes. We all look forward to sitting down with our pipes. What may be different is the different kinds of pipes we like, or the different kinds of tobaccos we like, or the different ways that we uh, like to smoke our pipes. But at the same time, we may share two or three of those things that we all enjoy. So the the more things that unite us than divide us, And count your blessings. Take inventory of those things that you do have. Take inventory of those little things that you do enjoy. Uh, I, for one, love getting up in the morning and getting those first couple of cups of coffee. That's just, you know, good coffee in the morning and relaxing with my pipe is just absolutely wonderful. Uh, Take inventory of those things that you do have, whether it's the small little things or maybe it's your, maybe it's a favorite pipe that's attached to a favorite memory. You know what? Grab that pipe, sit down with it, make a good cup of coffee, and just enjoy that pipe and enjoy that cup of coffee. That's 45 minutes of good time for you to take inventory of the things that are good, the things that are right, the things that you do enjoy. And let's not focus on the things that are uh, negative or that we don't have or that we can't do now or can't enjoy. So there you go. Count your blessings and the things that unite us are greater than the things that divide us. All right, thank you to uh, Jeff for uh, joining us for another Ask the Pipe Maker. Uh, Thank you to Jonathan for coming on, and uh, glad to have him back in the hobby and in the pipe world. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. Just 
Sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy like you're stuck. Can I give you a hand? No, Gilligan, you can't give me a hand. But I would appreciate it if you'd put your neck right in there.